RVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, we can just describe it as another down day in the grain market. Well, except for we saw some green for the soybean oil. On the flip side, just to give you a heads up, livestock actually cattle and feeders turned themselves into the positive, but not so much for the hog trade. We're going to talk more about yesterday's WASDE report. Add to it what we're seeing when it comes to some of the weaknesses within the trade. And as you all know, yesterday, some big news coming out in regards to Ukraine grain and the corridor. We've got that and a whole lot more on today's episode. Is Joining me today is Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners. And start with this WASDE report. I kind of described it yesterday as maybe a little bit of a flash in the pan. We knew it was coming and now it's time to move on. Well, and I think that's an excellent way to really sum it up, Susan, if you if you really dig into it. Uh, you know, we were a little bit surprised that we see uh, an increase in, in basically yield on corn and soybeans. But honestly, the way we're kind of getting down towards the end and there's just some final tweaking in it. You know, the one area that probably did uh, surprise us a little bit uh, came back to the corn export number and where they didn't physically make any adjustments. You know, as we dig into those export numbers, we know that when we look at what's been shipped and also what's on the books to be shipped yet, you know, it's down over 50%, actually about 53% compared to where we were a year ago. So to us, what it must mean as USDA goes in and looks at their export matrix, you know, who's got excess corn to export out, who's got it, to, who's going to have need for it to come back in. They must believe down the road overall exports are pretty steady. And ultimately, at some point, uh, South America will run out of corn, and then uh, then it'll be U.S. time to ship. Now, we, we kind of question that a little bit. We think there could be some down the road or could be some additional adjustments made, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit, Susan. So let's talk about what you think the changes are down the road. I mean, we talked down the road. Are you talking yet this quarter or more into 23? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think we're going to have to go a little further. We were thinking we'd see... You know, in this report on the corn exports, maybe bring that down about 50 million bushels. You know, a lot of people are wanting to say, well, it could be 150 million or 200 million or, and, and that's possible if we stay on this pace, but we do think we'll see some better export numbers as we get back around to the first part of the year. But I, but I do think USDA probably will be, you know, within the next two to three months be forced to, if we don't see some improvement and we don't think we'll see much improvement here in the short term, they'll probably be forced to pull that number back a little bit on the export side. Um, whether or not we'll see any adjustments on the ethanol down the road. You know, I, I really would like to see some better margins come in. We're picking up margins a little bit on the ethanol side, but you know, these basis levels are so strong all across many of the areas that uh, you are producing ethanol that, you know, that's, that's weighing on the margins. The margins have improved, but you know, it, it still would be better if they were stronger. Well, we had some baseline numbers that were released on Monday. We haven't really talked a lot about what that had to say on this report. So kind of give us your thoughts. Yeah, and, and I think that's what's always interesting on the baseline. I, I think the baseline numbers they came out on on Monday, and, and they kind of get lost in the in the shuffle of everything. And I think years ago when we ended up having probably more payments uh, in the farm program, that's really what the baseline numbers were all put together for. Is they're put together for budgetary purposes. And I wouldn't say there's a lot that we should take out of them, but it's always interesting just to get the numbers flashed out there for everybody to start talking about. And in my mind, what it kind of does, we, we get through harvest and we're sitting in here thinking about the demand for the 2020 crop. 
and then it gets everybody kind of thinking, oh, yeah, 2023 is not that far around the corner. Let's start throwing some acres around. And, you know, they're USDA baseline numbers on acres. Now, keep in mind, you know, these are just those, their models. They're, this is what, based on where they see profitability, based on where they see just the overall world numbers on supply and demand, this is their forecast. You know, they're looking for 92 million acres of corn. You know, that would compare to the 2022 plantings of 88.6 million acres and the 2021 plantings of 93.3. And then on soybeans, they're looking for 87 million acres, and that'd be down from the 87.5 million acres last year. And then we move over to wheat, and, and wheat, they're looking for 47.5 million acres, and that did compare to the 45.7 million acres that was in 2022. So you look at this numbers, and the first question everybody asks is, that, well, where are these acres going to come from? Well, we got to remember, we had prevent plan out there. So I would say there's enough prevent plan acres to, to move these acres around. Now, do I think we'll end up at these? No, I, I don't think we'll end up at these numbers. And uh, our numbers are, are close to these, but, but we haven't put the final touches on them yet. But besides the acres, Susan, there is a few things on the yield that we always like to glean out of basically the baseline numbers. So what they have for trend line yields uh, for corn, 181.5, and for soybeans, 52 bushels. Now, a couple things interesting about that. If we go back and look at where the outlook meeting was last year, and that the outlook meeting at the end of February, that gave us some trend line numbers for corn. Uh, trend line on corn, 181. Well, what do they say in trend line is now coming out of baseline, 181.5. Normally, we see about a two and a half bushel increase. It is very interesting that we've only seen a half bushel. Now, when you take a look at trend line, there's always a lot of discussion around that. A lot of people will say, well, that number isn't anywhere near what our average has been. Well, it's not intended to be our average. It's as intended to be what do we think the yield will be if we have normal type weather conditions. So I'm really kind of surprised that they only increase in a half bushel. I think as we go further down the road, even though normally what comes out in baseline usually ends up being something that put is put in the outlook meeting at the end of February and makes its way into the May numbers, which would be our first you know official numbers out of USDA May of 2023 for the 2023 crop. So I, I think we could see them raise that corn yield down the road, Susan. Beans we're probably okay with. Well, when we come back, we'll allude to what's been going on weakness-wise, uh, Jeff, when we look at the corn and the soybeans. Also, you know, earlier this week, we saw the Ukraine grain corridor talks on that. Are they going to get to push some more grain through? We'll find out more details. And speaking of pushing grain through, though we're getting rain, is it enough to help the Mississippi River out? More is coming up. It is the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. With 85 years of serving Nebraska farmers, Fontenelle Hybrids is still committed to helping you meet the challenges in every field. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a 9-bushel-per-acre yield advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading-volume corn products. That's a 75% win rate. No wonder Fontenelle is called the best-kept secret in the Cornhusker State. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer to see what all the fuss is about. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and... 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation this afternoon with Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners. During the front half, actually at the very beginning of the show, you heard me make the comment about once again seeing lower numbers on this grain and soybean market. And Jeff, that just really seems to be the trend this week. We just cannot seem to get out of the rut of negativity. No, we really can't. You know, we ended up having on December corn down 11 and a quarter today on, you know, in January soybeans down 29 and had a pretty good size range today. Um, had a high of 1459 and a quarter, a low of 1420. And, you know, what's kind of interesting about that, the January bean side is that as you dig into that, you know, we, we trade up there, we take out a previous day high and then we reverse. So on the charts, if we look at today's trade on the bean side, you know, we'll be looking at a, a key reversal there. And we're finding some support in there, you know, coming down into the moving averages. But I've been a little surprised by the bean action. But I guess when I sit back and kind of think about it, we've we've had a good run in here. We're setting in regard to that time of the year where we just, you know, we're transitioning from supply to demand. And then uh, on the bean side, I guess the big thing is that, you know, everything looks pretty good in South America so far, and at least good enough. And I think when you you have that whole thought that they could be producing a big bean crop and the thought that, you know, Argentina could be off, um, you know, that, that's enough just to kind of weigh on this market. Uh, I, I'm not expecting to see this market fall out of bed. You know, it wouldn't surprise me right now to see a little more pullback in this market. But the nice part about that, Susan, is that that would give us an opportunity to then focus on getting some basis levels set and making some basis offers so that when we do get a little bit of a run back here, then it will give us a chance to price some stuff at some higher levels down the road on the futures price on both corn and beans. You know, we would have thought the, the pandemic would cause for some snafus for what we see in this in these markets. But what we're dealing with right now globally and even in-country, has added a whole new level of stress for our producers trying to market and figure out the what's next. It really has. And a lot of the type of things, you know, before we had kind of talked about as black swan events, those things that, you know, don't have a very high probability, a lot of those type of things have happened. And you're exactly right. You know, we've kind of got a, an energy market in here. Yeah, we're sitting here at about 86 and a half been up over 90 so we've had some pullback in that market so we've kind of got that switching from a head to a tailwind overall but i think the big thing that everybody's looking at overall is just okay so is our demand going to hold up we know on the corn side um usda has already backed the demand off about a billion bushels and that's getting its way factor back into exports from the different countries but i think that kind of weighs on this market so it's, it's really looking for something to help give this market some direction here one way or the other and I, and I don't think the market's found it yet and usually when that happens we drift back a little lower until we can catch in here and find something to kind of go ahead and move us back higher now what could those items be well, for instance, it could be something happening with the grain corridor coming out of Ukraine. It could be something that happens in regard to the rail strikes or the talk of that. And I'm not saying they're striking, just the perspective of that. It also can be something coming from South American weather. You know, at this time, the weather looks good in, in Brazil, but that can change. They can flip back the other way. Um, or it can be we get far enough down the road that everybody starts looking at the U.S. weather and says, well, my gosh, we're awfully dry here. Um, are we going to get a change in pattern? Are we going to pick up some rain? So that that's kind of where we're sitting right now, Susan. Well, let's talk about Ukraine because that did make some headlines yesterday in the trade when that announcement came that there was going to be some backing off from Russia. But I feel like we've we've heard this story before. 
Yeah, it, we really have, haven't we? It's 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 kind of like you know what they they step in and they step out of of basically the wanting to participate. And you know, it, it's been really kind of confusing since the beginning why that they physically probably even allowed it. You know, we know that November nineteenth, um, we hear some different days still around, but as according to our research, that would show the important date in here. And and honestly, I don't have a good feel whether or not they'll go forward with it or not. I mean, I think they're using it as some leverage. They may let it go ahead and shut down just due to the fact that they want to try to leverage everybody to reduce sanctions so that they're able to, you know, get some more shipments of their own going on. And and when we have that happen, then I think that can give us a little bit of a boost in the market, especially as we look at, you know, what's going on from the corn and, and the wheat side and to a lesser degree as it relates to the Ukraine, the soybean side. All right. What is the low water situation and we've gotten some decent rains to the north but is it enough to help replenish or even give a glimpse of hope well, you know, we're, we're still at some very low levels, no doubt about that. The draft on the barges is still set at nine feet. The the tow, both north and south on the lower end of the Mississippi, is still set at those, you know, no more than 25 barges. One thing that we are noticing that between now and November 20th, because of water that's going to be coming down, rainfall that's happening, it looks like uh, somewhere in the Memphis area, you know, the Mississippi could improve about seven and a half feet. So I think the situation's stabilizing, Susan. Well, great conversation once again today, Jeff. Jeff, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com. You can get some of our free daily commentary by text or email or follow me on Twitter at JeffPeterson01. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.